Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. On this bonus episode, I'm uh, joined by uh, Bruce Barnett from Tombstone Paracon. Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, it's like I was saying when we were talking earlier. It's finally a, you know good to talk to you. We've been trying to get this interview going for a while now. I got to tell your listeners, we've set this thing up several times. One time you had a problem at your house. The next time I look on my messenger and it's like, hey, are we still on? And it's like way past the time. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so glad to finally be able to, to get with you and talk about all this uh, tombstone and hauntings and paracon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for starters, uh, you you run uh, the tombstone paracon that goes on there? Yes. So we had our first annual Tombstone Paracon this last May. And, you know, honestly, we had never done one before. We didn't know if we were doing well. You know, we had never done it. And we had a guy named Greg Lawson, uh, who goes by the thing, the Paranormal Detective. He's on, like, Dave Schrader's podcast and stuff like that. And he's been to like a hundred Paracons all over the world. They flew him to uh, Impaler's Castle for a Paracon. And he goes, I got to tell you, I've been to like a hundred Paracons. He goes, the Tombstone Paracon is in my top two. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. He goes, especially for a first time. I said, oh, well, next time it'll probably be worse. (laughs) And how long has the Tombstone Paracon been going on? Last May was the very first one. Oh, so you just started doing it. Right. And that, the the next one comes up. Uh, we are doing some stuff in October with Global Ghost Hunt, uh, where we're going to have some live streams from one from Boot Hill Graveyard and one from uh, what I know as being the Emmett Kelly House, but it's currently known as Silver Spur Homestead. And that's a pretty well-known house that has activity. And those will be streaming. I know Boot Hill Graveyard is going to stream at globalghosthunt.com on October 26th because it's the anniversary of probably the most famous uh, Wild West gunfight in the world, the shootout at the OK Corral. And all the guys that died in that gunfight at Boot Hill. So on the day of the anniversary, we're going to do a stream from there. But then the second annual Tombstone Paracon will be in April, and that's going to be April 28th through 30th. So uh, we're we're already into the th- the planning of that. I think we're going to try and put tickets up uh, for that once we get all our speakers and thing uh, set and locations. We'll put. I'm thinking Halloween. Might be a cool day to do it. We we sold out of our VIP tickets last year in like an hour and a half. So uh, we we're we're looking forward to the event again this year. That's awesome. I've never been to a Paracon myself. Hidden well, the you know what? And I gotta I gotta be honest with your listeners. So I've been interested in the Paracon a very long time, from when I was a a, a teenager, and. Paranormal team, we get a lot of paranormal teams that come and visit town. And I'm sitting having coffee guys at the Crystal Palace Saloon up on the upper deck where you can actually look down historic Allen Street and 
and and I'm sitting there and she looks at me and she goes, why don't you guys have a Paracon? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me, why don't we have a Paracon? And she goes, well, I go, don't even know what a Paracon is. And she goes, do you know what a Comic-Con is? I go, yeah, I've actually been to con. She goes, it's kind of like a Comic-Con, but about the paranormal. Ours is a little like a Comic-Con and more like a festival be- just because of the way Tombstone's laid out. We don't have a John Vention Center or anything like that. But she's like, yeah. And I said, well, I don't know why we don't have one, but I could guarantee we're going to have one. And so we put together the first one. It went really so we're going to put together the second one for next April. And, uh, and you know, one I threw was the first Paracon I had been to as well. But it was so cool. You know, you get paranormal vendors and speakers. And I think we had like 12 or 14 places to invest. It was quite a thing. That's awesome. Um, now, uh, Hidden in the Shadows has only been, well, around for about three years now. Uh, and there's not much Paracons going around North Carolina. I believe there might be one in Raleigh well, every now and then, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. Right, right. And, you know, different is, you know, when I started researching it, the very first person I talked to was this gal in Cruces, New Mexico. And and I was asking her, I'm like, well, what was your experience? You know, because the city here is putting it on, right? So it's like, the last thing I want to do, because I work for the marketing department of the city, the last thing I want to do is really screw something up and, you know, lose money or something. So I said, well, how did it go for you? And she goes, oh, yeah, we lost about $10,000. And I'm like, oh, sunk most of their money. And we don't have to do that. We do have a hall, a really old building called Shefflin Hall was uh, built in the early 18th. And, uh, really cool it's the largest adobe building in the united states and and we didn't have those extra costs and and we did really well we had a blast i mean we just had in tombstone is super haunted i mean it's super haunted like everybody has stories of hauntings it's crazy did you do any uh paranormal investigating yourself oh yeah oh yeah 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 and uh so actually we had brought in a number, you know, when you have 14 in, uh, locations for investigation, it requires you to bring in a bunch of paranormal teams, right? Because we have to have people that are not necessarily our employees per se, but, you know, people to help, you know, not normal investigators. So there's a lot of people at Paracons that want to go on a ghost hunt, but they admit they They've never done it before. So we need people that are pretty good with working with the public so they can take people on these hunts. And what we did is we allowed um, those teams as a thank you to them to go and investigate a couple places that people normally don't get to go, which was uh, Boot Hill Graveyard at night and Shefflin Hall. And those are both owned by the city. But, you know, you need permits to go to Shuffling Hall, and they just don't really do that very often. And um, so I I went on all the investigations at Shuffling Hall, and I'll tell you what, it didn't matter what time of day it was. Um, we did some stuff in the morning, we did it in the afternoon, we did it in the evening, and every single time there was evidence. We have a, a kind of a 
traveling spirit, like a spirit not only found in one location. She's a, sounds like a, about an eight or nine year old girl. She is, uh, we call her Emma. I do not know if that's her name, but she answers. She'll have fairly long involved uh, spirit box conversations. Not like the couple of word things like, you know, sentences and intelligent responses. And one of the teams, I hadn't met them before, and they were down in the basement. I was with other people on the main floor. They came up. They said, oh, my God, we were talking to this girl, and she was answering questions and this and that, probably Emma. And they said, oh, yeah, but we couldn't talk to the other spirit. And I said, well, who is the other spirit? And she goes, well, Emma kept telling us to say hi to Bruce. And I had never met these guys. And I'm like, oh, my my name's Bruce. I go, I don't think she's talking about a spirit. I think she's talking about me. And in the scheme of things, Bruce isn't the most everyday name. You know, I mean, I know a million Marks and Mikes and Steve Johns. But in my entire life, I've never personally met a guy named Bruce. So it's not. It's fantastic. And I've done, you know, uh, Birdcage Theater and Boo Hill Graveyard and the Tombstone New Cemetery, which they call it the New Cemetery, but it dates back to 1884. Uh, and and I've done some investigations in some homes here as well. You still investigate now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Any, I've been I've been interested in a, in a long... Yeah. Any uh, places recently you've gone to? Well... The most recent is Shefflin Hall, actually. That's the most recent. And that was about two months ago because taking up a lot of my free time, because I work full-time anyway. And then when we throw on the pin, we have to plan everything, you know, speakers, vendors, food, locations, and all this and logistics and all this stuff needs to get figured out. So we're already working. It's cut back on my free time. So the last time I investigated was in May. And I know we're at the end. So it sounds like, oh, this guy doesn't go very often. But I just get packed with stuff to do. I, if I if I was tired, I'd probably do it more often. Yeah. I mean, I, I always try to find times to uh, investigate with my team. Because besides doing the podcast, we do have a paranormal team called Shadow Walker Paranormal. Um, and we do investigations locally around here on the East Coast. Or East North Carolina, you guys, uh, you guys get good stuff back there. <laughs> we, I mean, it's on a location, right? Oh well, yeah, uh, there's places we find that we didn't think would be terribly haunted, but end up finding out that it has a lot of dark stuff that it's attached to the land. Now, but, see, that's an interesting thing about Tombstone when you talk about like dark energy. We have like none. There's like no dark energy. Whenever you get something with spirit here, it always seems like they're more than happy to talk to you, right? It's like we never get like these weird dark vibes or anything like that. And a lot of people in Tombstone fairly violent deaths, um, whether they were mining accidents uh, dynamite charges went off early and blew guys to bits or whether they fell down a mine shot in a gunfight or at one of the saloons a lot of people had some horrific ends but even and because a lot of these guys i think when they were alive they were pretty dark uh 
And now that they're passed, they don't seem to be anymore. So it's kind of weird that way. So no one's ever been like grabbed or pushed or knocked over or like attacked in any way? Well, there is the birdcage. Now the birdcage, which I've never experienced anything in there at all, but the birdcage has had a lot of TV shows. They always rank it as one of the, you know, top 10 most haunted places, something like that. I, I don't, I I can tell you there's other places in town that have more activity than the birdcage, but the birdcage is a popular destination. And when, and I'm neither nor there with this show, I'm glad for the show because it really brought a lot of people into the paranormal, but ghost adventures, um, when they were taken to birdcage, the one gal that was leading them around, they were on a staircase and she pretty obviously got pushed. Um, but the problem was she's falling down the stairs right past all the guys and none of them even tried to catch. <laughs> she goes, Oh my God. She goes, I'm falling downstairs. And none of these guys reached out there and they even stopped me. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. But she said that she felt like she got pushed. But she said at other times she's she's never she's had her hair pulled. She's felt hands on that kind of thing. But she's never been pushed before, except that one time. Interesting. Yeah, because I remember watching that episode of Ghost Adventures uh, when they were in Tombstone. They did the uh, mm-hmm. the OK Corral and did the Birdcage Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Never. When we do the Paracon this last year, we did we did the silver mine, the good there was a lot of miners that died down in the mines. Uh we did the silver mine, we did the OK Corral, we did a ghost bar crawl that did like Doc Holiday Saloon, Wyatt Ups Oriental, the New Cemetery, we did Boot Hill Graveyard, we did Undertaker Espresso. Did the Tombstone Hotel and Arcade? We did the Haunted Sixth Street House, and we're going to try and um, you know switch around some of tours this year so that we give some more exposure to some other areas that are haunted. As but I think we're going to do. I think they're trying to arrange for like maybe different live stream investigations from tombstone during paracon that'll that'll go on that uh, global ghost hunt dot uh, com page so that'll be pretty cool as well and you know we'll get popular people here to speak and things like that it should be good something i would want to see yeah because uh, i've always been a fan of the west because of the movie tombstone but also because of other westerns and stuff like that and um I know in a past life of mine, I was in the West as a bounty hunter, but that was like late 1800s. Um, I don't think I was even Tombstone. I think it was maybe Colorado or something. I don't know. The past life regression, she said it was somewhere that reminded her of Arizona. So that's why I was thinking about that. that oh, really? Time. Yeah. Uh, it, that's what I always find is interesting. But I've always been, I always liked, you know, the cowboy and the Western thing and the outlaw and the bounty hunter and all that stuff. So Tombstone was always a place I would love to go to. Oh my God. Do you play the game Red Dead Redemption? Yes, both of them. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're having it right now. I'm looking down. I live up on the hill of Tombstone, so I can literally see the birdcage theater from my house. And all the parking lot is full. We have Tombstone going on right now where most all of the voice actors from the game are here and they're giving away a bunch of PlayStation 5s and uh, that are customized for Red Dead Redemption. And so it's a pretty big event, actually. You, you sound like someone that if you've got kind of that whole wild uh, past life regression thing that you would fit right in with the that game and this event. Yes. <laughs> now that I you said that to me, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Uh in your investigations you've done, have you experienced or even I guess giving tours and stuff, uh experienced something that you saw that like shattered reality for you? Like you were like, this is the definitive moment in I your belief think... of the other side. I well the very, very first time I ever had any kind of thing, I was like, I was born in Arizona. I grew up in Southern California. I stayed there till I kind of couldn't take it anymore. The 70s in Southern California were fantastic. And, and it, 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 you know, I'm sorry to people who live in California, you know, it's not that great anymore. But my brother lived in Orange County and I went to go to a at his house and he had like a little two-bedroom apartment it was at the top of these stairs and and i'm like 16 right so i'm kind of hot to trot for any girl to see and as i'm walking up the stairs this girl comes walking out of the door she walks on the stairs doesn't look ethereal does you can't see through her just like a girl now it was kind of weird because it was the whole blonde girl in a white dress but you know i'm just like wow she's really hot you know i need it is and i go into my brother's apartment and i'm like who was that girl and there's like maybe 15 16 people and they're not that many people and everyone's saying they her i'm like it's impossible you must have seen her she's in a white flowing dress and she's blonde hair and they're like nah and you know honestly you know i this is many years for now but back then i was and i was probably you know been smoking weed or something but <laughs> i'm like see how you guys couldn't have seen her and then a couple minutes later a couple of my friends walk in the front door like dude who was that girl and I'm like, oh, did you see her down like by the parking lot? And they go, she just walked out the door. I'm like, no, no, she didn't just walk out the door because out the door when I was, you know, coming up the steps. And they go, no, literally like 10 seconds ago, she just walked out. <clears throat> and uh, my my brother was going out with this girl, Linda, or Linda. Wasn't Linda, it was Linda, which I always thought was a little weird. And she would read tarot cards and all that. And I was asking her if she knew the girl was. And she's like, oh, that's like, I can't remember what the name was now, but oh, that's like Kathy. And I'm like, well, do you have her number? She goes, no, because she died like in the 60s. What? And she goes, yeah. She goes, she always does the same thing. All she picked it off for me. And then I think uh, the things that have really my mind about Tombstone specifically is this spirit M because 
it, people will be conversing with some other on a spirit box or something like that. And Emma has, I mean, she's precocious. I mean, she, if she butts in on other people's conversations, like she'll butt in on people's conversations, smack about people in the room. She'll be like, I don't like him. He's a liar or, you know, like that, you know, and, and it's like, uh, she is the one for me that it it's because of how intelligently she answers questions. So I get it. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of apps and programs that have word databases, in it, but a word database doesn't, you know, do full sentences and intelligently answer a question. And she has a big tendency to do that. And I've run into her at Boot Hill, Anklin Hall, and the Tombstone New City Cemetery. So that's probably just blows my mind all the time. And, you know, for the answer to your question. Yeah. You ever uh, work with psychics on your, um, in the area or uh, on, on teams that come through? I have... I, I haven't worked with her direct. I have a friend whose daughter is extremely, I don't even know how to put it. She's extremely perceptive. Mm. And she, my wife is a 100% skeptic. She's over here to the side of me looking at me like, oh, you're on one of those ghost shows again. And, <laughs> and, uh, she, but even she says that if this girl says it, it must be girl just gets all kinds of things right that she knows nothing about. I mean, she just recently seen when she moved to Tombstone, she'd never heard of the movie Tombstone. She'd never heard of the OK Corral. She'd heard of any of these shootings and she'd like walk across the street, and suddenly stop and go, oh my God. And but she's like, somebody, there's two guys standing right here, right next to each other. She says, the one guy is really, really mad. And the other is scared, but he's not backing down. And then she goes, oh my God, the one guy just shot the other guy. And actually where she was standing, which she would have never known, is a fairly location in Tombstone where Buckskin Frank Leslie uh, shot Billy right in front of the uh, Oriental Saloon. And so it's it's things like they would love to get her to go out on things. The problem is, and the reason why she's super believable too, is she doesn't really like the ability. It's not her thing. She's like, it kind of bugs her. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of fun with some psychics and mediums and anyone that's a psychic or a medium, don't take offense to this, but I'd say there's probably 20 or 30% of people that have some kind of ability, whether it's ESP or you can see spirits or, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, the problem in the paranormal field, there's 60 or 70% of the people that are out to make some money with it, you know, and that's, uh, they might make claims have. So I'm all about people that actually have ability. I'm just not there with as many people that say they have ability as, you know, they're probably. Are. You know, I always rely on my wife because she is a very uh, powerful 
psychic medium. She's like almost like a jack of all trades. My co-host on the show, she's like a jack of all trades oh, when it right. comes, to, comes to psychic abilities. It seems to be nothing she can't do. Um, but she's the ultimate lie detector when we come across other psychics or people who might think they have abilities. She can sense it about them and know a yes or yay or nay on it and stuff like that. But that's uh, one thing special about my team is that everyone on the team has uh, abilities to help within an investigation and stuff like that. So we're very unique in right. that sense. Um, yeah, and I I can't I haven't been able to convince this girl to go. Been with other teams like we have a team in town here, Flats Paranormal, which most people look at and go, "What a weird name for a you know." goose flats but actually for some reason which i do not know the background of yeah was called goose flats um at one time before it actually became i don't know why i've never seen a goose here but uh goose flats paranormal has been a wife team kind of like you guys are and uh brian his wife brie is very empathic and and very uh along those same kind of a jack of all trades like you were saying about your wife well her main gift which really scares the crap out of a lot of people is <laughs> she can remote view uh into any location she wants to and she can oh meet. really yeah that's she that's what also helps with her, her in-home cases is that she'll go to the so what you're saying is on the side she works for the cia if they knew about what she could do, they would they would hire her in an instance. Right. Because <laughs> right. um, it's funny because she can find anyone. Like you show her a picture or even give her a name. She can pinpoint their location and see where they are and stuff like that. It's it's extremely helpful with, you know, telling the outliers with people who like contact us and they say like, oh, I got something on my home. And she goes there and goes, there's nothing going on. Or she goes, yeah, there's something there. Let's let's take care of it. So, um but yeah, her ability to communicate with, uh, find anyone alive or dead is what makes her very special in, uh, in what, the, what we do in our field and stuff like that. But also she calls it a pain in the butt sometimes because she'll like channel into a location that she's reading about um, for like studying up on something for our future episodes. And then she gets, you know, sucked in there and she brings something back to the house. So uh, gotcha. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift and a curse at the same time. So she's kind of like, and I'm probably going to say his name wrong, but I think is is it Arthur, the yeah. guy that was Arthur Clark, was like a big big remote viewer guy. I want to say it was like in the 20s or 30s, and you know he he could like remote view into like a pharmacy, you know these old old school pharmacies before everything was, you know, computer coded. And he'd be like, what you're looking for it back of the third shelf up from the top and the far back of the storage area. And then that's where it would be, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, he was very supposedly, you know, very good with that. So interesting. He actually uh, remote viewed the pyramid in Cheops and is and the Sphinx and is was was really convinced and even wrote stuff about it that there's a chamber inside the Sphinx. And so, you know, that's what caused a lot of looking. And they is under the Sphinx, I guess, that have openings. So, you know, that's pretty impressive. 
remote view the Sphinx and say, hey, you need to go over on this side and look. And they go on that this rock, they can go down into this uh, thing below. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I always leave it to her to uh, plan our investigations because she'll tell us we need to go here or we need to go there because the spirits are calling for us or something. And so what I she's never what wrong. I need to do <laughs> what I need to do is if I lose my, my car keys, I'll you <laughs> if you want, she's like, oh, they're there. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, I can't, and she'll be like, they're in your hand. I'll be like, oh, oh shit, they are. Yeah. Absolutely, it's it, 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 it's it's pretty cool. I just always ask about what when investigators or anyone in the paranormal how they feel about psychics because some are for it and some say they're they're a bunch of charlatans, which they're both right and wrong at the same time because there's a lot of people out there who just use perception and uh, mentalist tricks in order to perceive as they are psychic when really they're not. Just kind right, of giving right. a person easy answers and they're kind of ruining the name of psychics and mediums out there. But, um. Well, it, it's it's like the old seance tricks back. And matter of fact, back in the 80s, it was a big time for that where people would ask you questions and they'd gain information from you before they started the seance. And then darned if they didn't come up with that information in the seance, you're, oh, my God, that's true. That's exactly how it was. And they're like, yeah, because I got you to tell me a little while ago. And now I look like I'm a great psychic. <laughs> uh, um have you only ever investigated tombstone We've never gone venture out further in different places around the, arizona tombstone is the only place i have ever investigated um oh um you know we're we're talking about going and checking out some americans tucson is gonna have one sometime vulture city which is up by Man, it's it's like uh, Phoenix, but more up in the mountains. Unfortunately, I was thinking about trying to go up there, but they're holding it. Um, they had to cancel for this year to run it again next year due to medical issues, so we won't, we won't be going there. There's another town pretty close to us called Bisbee, an old mining town that um, has a place called the Copper Queen Hotel which is supposed to have quite a few uh, hauntings in there. I'd like to go down and check that out. But most of this just, it, you know, Tombstone is weird because, you know, like when I say, we're, this is a town of 1,500 people. And when I say, you know, we've got 14 places to invest and we have barely scratched the surface because around town, there are just dozens of people that say, Oh yeah, my house is haunted. My house is haunted. My grounds are haunted. This is haunted. That's haunted. It it's kind of like I really want to start referring to Tombstone as ghost because it never was an actual ghost town because it never all emptied out. But the main street is a national historic landmark. One of the most. Uh, you know, preserved Wild West towns that there is. And, uh, you know, Boot Hill has a historic uh, landmark uh, designation on that well. And, you know, having that much history in this small on tombstones, like it's about a total of about maybe four blocks if you 
add where the uh, veteran of foreign wars there. Um, but it is a lot of a, a lot of accidental and on purpose deaths in town and for a small area. So there's a lot of hauntings here. Well, I would say as much because Tombstone being a town the way it was with the gold rush and outlaws and probably a lot of uh, gunslinger fights and stuff like that and murders happening, but people probably didn't know about or didn't get recorded. Well, you know, disputes and all that. Yeah, I would I say- have, all of a sudden I don't hear you at all. Can you hear me? Now I do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, uh, Tombstone. Interestingly enough, not a gold, not a gold mining. Uh, like, I mean, I, they did find small amounts of gold, but this was this was all silver, big silver thing. Well, I always thought because because it's, it's near California in the area that the majority of the gold rush was going on around that entire area, and Tombstone kind of popped well, up like a pit stop yeah, town the- almost. Right. Well, the gold rush was actually on uh, Highway 99, which is more like a San Francisco. Um, I'm not saying there wasn't any gold mines in any other places because they even out in Arizona, there are mines that spot the countryside all over the place. In fact, you got to be kind of careful if you're doing floor buying or motorcycle riding. I actually live on top of the hill looking down on the city of tombstone and there are been mines all over the place i mean you you could you don't want to fall in uh, we have one right off of my street that goes straight down like 800 feet and you you you, you don't want to accidentally fall in that <laughs> i think it would be a danger hazard like tripping <laughs> yeah you'll you'll be the next haunting then I always decided that if I if I ever for some reason become a ghost, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do weird haunting. I'm gonna like I'll write in blood on a mirror or something, but it'll be positive messages like "Have a great day." <laughs> this ghost is polite to me. <laughs> yeah. W W. I don't hear you again. Oh, sorry. Uh, that that be that be hilarious to see that and someone go, oh, this ghost was polite to me. Problem. Bruce, can you hear me? I just heard you say Bruce. Me, I didn't see, hear anything before that. Oh, geez, Aaron is really bothering me. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're actually pretty fortunate it where we are is we uh we have a wi-fi tower that's like 150 so we probably have the best internet connection in the area that's lucky it is uh one other question i i remember i always try to ask anyone within the paranormal is what is your hope or goal with the paranormal what do you want to well, see uh, paranormal investigators or the or the society itself do with the paranormal, like accept it or be more scientific with it or look more into it? 
I'm, I've always been a big one for the science of it, right? I, anytime someone can come up with something that, you know, m- makes something believable to the general public, I, I'm all for that. I, but I used to laugh. I, I, I can't remember the name of the show. I want to say it was Tennessee Wraith Chase or something. And, you know, at the end of every show or during the show, they'd go to Home Depot and they'd a ghost catching trap. And I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, it was interesting. All right, well, I'll see if you can catch a ghost. But, you know, every time there's things like SLS camera, you know, technologies that we didn't have before, spirit boxes and even as the things as EMF detectors and things like that and motion detectors. As time goes on, I believe those will get better. And I'm hoping for the time, you know, because half the people look at you like you're nuts when you start talking about this guy is off his rocker. And it would be nice to see a people be like, oh, it's really a thing. Um, it, it's it's kind of like the whole UFO thing. You know, there are millions of people that say, absolutely, they absolutely exist. And there's other people who are like, no, they absolutely don't. And, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately from the government about, you know, the more scientific effort is put into really thing in life, uh, you know, the, the, the easier it is to prove the I'm all for that. For personally, I'd like to see Tombstone is it's just such a haunted location, but it's mostly West history. And I'd like to see it get kind of an equal look at paranormal because I've never been in a location that has this many in like a two or three block area. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I always hope that uh, science starts accepting the idea of the paranormal, but at least adding more technology to it to start proving its existence. I hope you're not going to hear this. I actually have a mining tour bus driving by my, like I said, we live in the mining district. So we have a, these guys do ghost tours sometimes, not where they go on investigations, but they'll take people past all these different locations <laughs> known to be haunted. So, uh, no worries. Can you hear me all right, Bruce? I didn't hear. Testing one, two, testing. I hear that. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I can always have my wife edit everything out. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a little... But like I said earlier, you know what? If something doesn't happen in a podcast, you know what it is. It, it's spirit. <laughs> That's what um one of the old psychics on my team, Mike, he would always say. It's like, they don't want anybody to hear anything. I'm trying to stop you. Right. We get a lot of people that will, especially like with Emma, they'll say, do you... You know, we'd like to talk to you if you'd like to talk. And Emma would be like, I like to talk. And, and you know, it's kind of answer like intelligent responses where you're like, oh, wow, that's really intent. You know, because you're using a, 
a technical app and suddenly it's answering you with giving you the answer to something you just talked about. It's it's very interesting. The only other I get time, a kick out of that. The only time I remember communicating with children spirits, which is always iffy because you don't know if it's, you know, a demon portraying itself as a child. Um, and, and I've heard that a lot. Um, but I, I, I don't think that's the case, but in tombstone in the 1880s at, at boot Hill, there are there that died of things like yellow fever and diphtheria and things that no kids die of today. But, you know, there were, there was two kids called the Brady trying to save the other one from drowning. They both drowned in the San Pedro river and there's there's kids there's there's a lot of kids that are under one year old i don't really expect to have any conversations with but there's there's quite a few buried in tombstone it's a a rough time to be a child (laughs) i would say so um but my one encounter with a child spirit was a girl who apparently died at a location by being kicked in the head with a horse uh, she died like the age of like 12, I believe. Um, and she was always very friendly to anybody who came to the, the location. I think it was an Octagon House uh, in uh, in uh, Hubert, North Carolina. Um, the woods outside is where we always we find her and stuff like that. And she's very friendly. You can always hear her over the spirit box. So, yeah, kind of like your Emma. That's cool. See, I love yeah. stuff like that. Well, and in Tombstone, believe it or not, there are, I mean, it's buried at Boot Hill, that died because they fell off a wagon and the wagon ran over their head, you know, or they were thrown from a horse and hit their head on a rock. Or, you know, we've got guys that uh, in, in wood, you know, there was a lot of uh, camps and it's, it's weird because we're in the desert, but we're also at 5,000 feet. uh, The mountains around here that don't look like they're that tall, are actually all like, you know, eight, 9,000 feet because they're only like 4,000 feet tall, but feet. So there is uh, areas that actually have a lot of pine trees and things that are from tombstone. And so there were guys, you know, killed in lumber accidents. There was a number of people that were killed by Apache here and, uh, and, you know, from horses and drown in the river and you know killed by mining blast oh yeah a the crazy million, million ways of dying in the west going on right there dude it, it's seriously <laughs> uh and actually one of the uh one of probably the most popular lean um uh spirits is not even in anything that's on allen street which people think it's Virgil Earp. Now, Virgil Earp died in Tombstone, but they did do an assassination attempt on him out at the OK Corral, and they maimed him for life. He was unable to use his arm for the rest of his life. And he, uh, people see him walk from the Orient, what used to be the Oriental Saloon, now it's uh, Wyatt Earp's Oriental Saloon and Theater, and to the Crystal Palace. And both of those buildings were there in the 1880s. And uh, lots of people, you know, they'll say, oh, I see a guy in 
in pier dress, which is not unusual in Tombstone. A lot of people walk around town like they're in the 1880s. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw this guy. He's in 1880s dress, and he walked across the street. You can't communicate with them. It's kind of a, a residual spirit. Uh, and I haven't really seen him yet, but I have personally talked to dozens of people was a cop and the, you know, and the and cops are trained to be observant. He goes, I saw this guy. It was kind of late at night. No reason he should have been there. The Oriental closed at 12 and this was about two in the morning. And I just wanted to see who this guy was. And he goes, he just looked like a guy. And he goes, and I got to the corner about three seconds after this guy would have got to the corner. He goes, I looked to the side there was nobody, there was nowhere for anyone to hide. And he's like, I'm like, was it a ghost? He goes, I'm not going to say it was a ghost. He goes, but I'll tell you what, I could not explain what it was. I could not explain it disappeared. That's, uh, that's interesting. We also that's have a, a woman. We also have a woman in white that is uh, often on um, Allen Street, which is not associated with any particular or anything. People just see her walking down the street. And I've seen, I had someone send her in front of the OK Corral, which is, you know, it's very ethereal and very apparition-like, but it, yeah, and, and you know, you know, I, I was an artist for a long time. You know, you can do a lot with Photoshop, but <laughs> at the same time, if it's an actual image that someone took, it's pretty effing impressive. I would say so. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very hey, cool. I was I was wondering. Um, I always ask this, especially people that I guess I first meet um, through the paranormal world. Uh, how did you hear about Hidden in the Shadows? Facebook. Ah. On Facebook. What I did is uh, because, of course, we have a Tombstone Wild West Paracon page on Facebook. And uh, and so I, I try and follow – you know, like and follow different casts, different teams. I've, I follow a, a guy. I don't even know. I probably follow like 40 or 50 paranormal teams. Um, and, and I have a soft spot in my heart podcast. We were talking before the show. I did a, we had nothing to do with the paranormal, but I did a podcast on being in recovery. I've been sober for 33 years mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I have a, a soft spot in my heart for podcasts. And then when it's a podcast about the paranormal, all the better. <laughs> yeah. And especially, um, always, always catalog, uh, paranormal podcasts in the two categories. It's, uh, spectators and players in the game. Uh, what I mean by that is people right. who like talking about the paranormal, but would never involve themselves in it. And there's a few that actually involve themselves in it and have experience with what they talk about. Well, and the problem that I've had lately, and you know, I am, you looked significantly younger than me when I, when I saw you at the beginning of the show here, I, uh, cataract surgery where it made my long distance vision good. And it just wrecked my night vision. I mean, just wrecked my, my problem with investigations now is there better not be a lot of stuff on the floor. Be, or I'm going to fall over and kill myself on something. It's like, it's ridiculous because I love going and I can't see it. it. To me, it's like lights out all the time. 
in anywhere that's indoors uh, with external light sources. It's uh, it's brutal for me, but uh, that's that's the thing that uh, I can see in the next few years is going to be make it really me uh, to do places. And I I get it. You know what? I'm also not one of those guys that think that necessarily everything has to be at night. It, it doesn't make any sense to me where a place would only be at night, and not during the day. So I I can do no- daytime investigations as well. The theory with nighttime investigations, I've heard of many other ways, but uh, I kind of agree with the idea that the ether or wherever the spirits lie is is dark. Is dark. There's no sunlight or it's all darkness. So at nighttime, it makes it easier for the spirits to cross over the veil because they know they don't know if it's their I mean, place or the realm, the earthly realm. Kind of the it, yeah. it makes splitting between the two easier. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Which I, I find that. Uh, granted, I've seen a lot of, I've heard and experienced a lot of stuff during the day. So um, I guess it all depends on the location. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I know, you know, I know some guys in the area that have been called to go to ranches where, you know, they've been there and they're walking around film and uh, like a barn door with no wind right there's no wind at all you can see there's like a a mesquite tree there's no breeze through the branches and a door that's probably a good 40 50 pounds worth of lumber just closes right in front of them they're like oh weird and they're all like it's absolutely still there is no wind there is nothing to make that move at all you know and that middle of the day kind of thing now, I'm not going to ask what's the worst paranormal team you work with, uh, but I'll probably ask what's the uh, your favorite paranormal team that you work with so far. Oh man, I, you know, well, okay. So the, I don't know exactly what's going on with these guys right now because there was a people that were involved with them. It was a team called Unearthing the Supernatural American Team, which. Um, I don't know exactly what happened with the Paracon last year. They were great. They came and did a protection ceremony in the middle of historic Allen street for the spirits, for the town, for the people attending the Paracon. They just knocked it out of the park. They they're so cool in the way they do things. They have ponies before they do investigations, you know, to let the spirits know they're not there to harm them. They do it with these, actually fairly ancient uh, Navajo methods. And unfortunately, I think the one guy's name is Hero, which is what a great, you know, this guy's name is Hero. And uh, he and his brother, I don't know what happened, but something, I, I think the team is going to continue on, but not exactly the same as it was before. It's because it was a, the main things and then they had you know camera guys and other guys with them um but they they were just flat out my favorite paranormal team yeah and even you know i mean when i you know years ago when ghost adventures first came out i'm like oh yeah ghost adventures and and, and, you know so much there with that now there's guys on ghost adventures i like i like aaron reminds me of me you know hey Go down in the basement. Why do I have 
basement by myself. Zach, why don't you go down there? <laughs> you know, that would be me. I'm like, you want to send me self to the basement. Why don't we all go to the basement? <laughs> you know, And you know what? There was another team that was a TV team that I really liked. I thought those guys were fantastic. Uh, can you say that one more time? You kind of went out for a second. Ghost Bros. Ghost Bros. Yeah, okay. it was these three black guys in Atlanta, and like they'd meet at this barber shop, and they'd set up these investigations. And the one guy would always say, look, let me tell you something. He goes, honestly, if something really dramatic happens in a room, he goes, the very first thing I'm going to do, is it going to be get evidence? No, it's going to be run. He goes, I'll go back in there and try and get evidence. He goes, but let me tell you, if something dramatic, the first thing I'm going to do is run. And I'm like, I get that. I get that. I've never been dramatic enough to make me run. But if something super dramatic, I could see myself running. <laughs> of course, I could running into a wall now because my night vision's not great. Have you ever witnessed something that a psychic or a medium or someone in any, any paranormal team did that really like um, well, blew your mind? Like, holy crap, how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you, one used to be a place in town where Undertaker Espresso is now. And there was a gal, she used to have a, a thing there called Sisters Paranormal. And she and her would do all kinds of ghost hunts. They used to run ghost hunts at the birdcage and all these different things. I went in there one day and with my, my totally skeptic wife. And the gal... Uh, and gosh, I can't remember her name, but she was one of the gals from. And she looks at my wife and she goes, wow. And my wife goes, what? Well, you're super receptive. And my wife goes, oh, she goes, I'm not, you know, 100% skeptic and this and that. And this girl looks at her and goes, just because you're skeptic doesn't make you not receptive. <laughs> and she goes, you get, and then she looked at me and she goes, receptive too and i go yeah i'm like but but it's rare that they happen directly to me and she goes do things happen to people around you and i go yeah all the time and she goes yeah well that's part of that too she goes just because you don't feel the hand your back if the person feels it next to you it could be because of you and i'm like oh i thought of myself as being you know, psychically, uh, psychically receptive or, and I don't get those kind of vibes, but according to her, she's like, yeah, but it, it happens to, and my wife has things happen to her, have had things happen to her on a pseudo regular basis. One time we were at uh, the Oriental theater doing karaoke, right? And like I was telling you after pandemic and tombstone was super fast. I mean, we were only closed for three weeks. So, you know, uh, and we were, we were doing karaoke at the Wyatt Earps Oriental Saloon and my wife suddenly spins around. She goes, Oh my God, some of us put their hand on my back. And I'm like, honey, you don't have anybody within 20 feet of you. And she goes, Oh yeah, yeah. It, it must've been a muscle spasm. And I'm like, <laughs> having a muscle spasm often feels like someone just putting their hand on your back. She, there's always she always has a, a thing where it's a, something else or it's, it's she doesn't 
give the thought that it's paranormal at all. But I got to tell you, I've had people put their hand on my shoulder. That does not feel like having a muscle spasm, no matter how you slice it. Sounds like a typical horror movie mom. Oh, it's just the wind or it's a uh, birds in the, in the attic. Oh yeah. You got to love the, the horror movie gal. <laughs> oh, not only are I going to walk outside alone into the woods, I'm going to be stressed too. <laughs> no. Well, Bruce, um, uh, I appreciate you coming on, talking all things Tombstone and sharing more information with it and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, and let me, let me let me throw in a couple things here. Okay. Um, just people are ever interested in coming out to Tombstone. There is the city has a website called discovertombstone.com. They also have a Discover Tombstone on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's really good for if you're ever planning to come here, right? There's all kinds of information and events and activities and all of that stuff's there. Like I said, there's also a Facebook page. There's also one for discoverboothill.com, the history of Boot Hill Graveyard and some cool old photos. And they've even got, I don't know, some kind of thing where you can buy Boot Hill, whatever, shirts and coffee mugs. But we also have tombstonepericon.com. That's that's for the Tombstone Wild West Paracon, one.com. And, of course, we have a Tombstone Wild West Paracon page on facebook and what are your socials if you want to plug them out there my personal ones oh, no, no, uh, nah, don't worry about that <laughs> yeah I, you know what you know i i i i you know i i ventured into the thing i don't think i'm i have the greatest content but it's uh imagine 2020 i had i was bored you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I'll make a, I'll make a TikTok. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and um, appreciate it. I got to tell you, I, I'm like a ghost when it comes to talk because I'll sit down to watch one or two TikToks and two hours later, my battery's at 3%. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I sucked the own battery, own equipment. It'll get you, man. Especially going especially down the algorithm and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I appreciate your time, Bruce. Uh, if you have a moment. It's been after, a blast. If you have a, a moment afterwards, I got to ask you something. Um, but as sure. always, as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. <laughs>